President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were sworn in Wednesday. Illinois State University released its spring football schedule. More on these stories, I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. Before we begin, I'm going to highlight some of our coverage of Inauguration Day. This week was a big one in Washington as President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were sworn into office on Wednesday. In his inaugural speech just two weeks after violence erupted at the nation's capital, Biden called on the need for unity. Uh, We also have links and video coverage of former President Donald Trump's farewell speech, as well as videos from former Presidents Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush as they shared messages of unity and praised the peaceful transfer of power. To hear what Central Illinoisans have to say about the 46th president, hop on over to any of our three websites at panagraph.com, herald-review.com, or jg-tc.com. There we provide full coverage of Inauguration Day, complete with interviews with local residents, Central Illinois party leaders, and more. We also provide video of Biden's inaugural speech, as well as plenty of photos for you all to enjoy. And now we're going to um, go over some brief state news. So Kelsey, take it away. There was some movement in the Restore Illinois plan this week. Uh, Region 2, which includes McLean County, moved into Tier 1 of Phase 3, which means bars and restaurants are able to reopen for limited indoor dining. Region 6, which includes Macon and Coles counties, uh, advanced to Phase 4. So not only are bars and restaurants able to reopen for indoor dining, but several other industries are able to expand their services as well. With the recent changes, 10 out of 11 regions in Illinois have moved out of Tier 3 mitigations, but Dr. Nigosa Iziki, director of the Illinois Department of Public Health, said Thursday, this does not mean we can let our guard down. The department is still encouraging residents to wear masks, avoid large gatherings, and get the vaccine when it's available to you. We have several stories following changes in COVID-related restrictions on each of our three websites, and this week we launched our Coronavirus Resource Centers, which can be found at panagraph.com resources, herald-review.com resources, and jg-tc.com resources. So all these updates are together in one place. All right, Sierra, why don't you uh, tell the people some local government news? Well, the Bloomington City Council continued discussions on a welcoming city ordinance that will build upon the Illinois Trust Act, which provides basic protections to undocumented residents. Five out of four council members showed support for drafting a potential ordinance in a straw poll on, during Tuesday night's council meeting. Bloomington is also looking for public input on a few upcoming projects, Panagraph reporter Tim Eggert writes. The city has opened the floor for feedback on proposed changes to Main Street following a year-long parking study and a street resurfacing project. Public input is also sought on the ongoing development of the O'Neill Park and Pool. For more coverage of the Bloomington City Council meeting or for more information about the projects discussed, check out reporters uh, Kevin Barlow and Tim Eggert's coverage at paintingraph.com. In normal, the town council voted unanimously to refinance a $1.8 million bond as part of the town's overarching goal to reorganize its debt program. The town currently has an $81.4 million general obligation bond debt, but it is positioned to pay off around $8 million in June 2022. The town council refinanced a 2010 bond Tuesday night. That bond uh, was issued for constructing Uptown Station. Uh, For more information about the refinancing opportunity or full coverage of the town council meeting, check out my report at panagraph.com. All right, Kelsey, why don't you tell me what happened in education this week? 
In Mount Pulaski, Heather Fricke has been named principal of the high school starting in the 2021-22 academic year. I'm going to be honest here, I'm not sure if it's Frick or Fricke, so I'm very sorry about that. But um, in any event, she's a native of Elkhart and a Mount Pulaski High School grad with degrees from U of I, Western, and the University of Illinois at Springfield. With 23 years of education experience, she'll fill the vacancy left by Principal Terry Morgan's retirement. Uh, to read more about the woman taking the helm next year, be sure to go to herald-review.com to read the full report from Valerie Wells. This week, Mattoon schools are mourning the death of a sign language interpreter who worked with the district. 26-year-old Hannah Mansell died Sunday from coronavirus. In a statement, the district said Mansell was a good friend and colleague. She has been an interpreter with the Eastern Illinois Area Special Education Deaf and Hard of Hearing Program, which was housed at Mattoon Middle School. Nathan Pugh, the middle school principal, made some incredibly heartfelt remarks about Hannah, so be sure to go to jg-tc.com to find Rob Stroud's report and read Pugh's full statement and some other messages from community members. All right, Sierra, what's going on in the sports world this week? As we all know, high school and college sports are facing several challenges as many attempt to return for practice and competition this spring and fall. To start, Panagraph reporter Randy Scherer gave us a look at Illinois State University's spring football schedule, and it appears changes from other states have dramatically impacted the Redbirds' plans. To start, Indiana State University opted out of a spring season, so the Redbirds will travel to South Dakota State University instead of playing the Sycamores. Uh, schedule aside, here's something to hopefully look forward to. The Redbirds will open their season February 20th at Missouri State, and their first home game will be February 27th against South Dakota. Uh, to read more about the team's spring schedule, head on over to thepantograph.com and check out Schur's article. As we mentioned earlier, Macon and Coles County in Region 6 moved into Phase 4 of the state's coronavirus mitigation plan. Last week, I gave y'all an update on what it meant for sports to return to Tier 1, which basically allows low-contact sports such as swimming and bowling to resume. At that time, Macon and Coles County high school sports were preparing to figure out what um, some tentative plans for the return of high school sports at that time, Macon and Coles County High School sports were preparing to figure out what, when to resume sports. Reporter Matt Flatten wrote about where Region 6 currently stands and some tentative plans for the return of high school sports. There will be an Illinois High School Association Board of Directors meeting next Wednesday, so we hope to provide some updates soon. In the meantime, read fun story at jg-tc.com or herald-review.com to get the full scoop. Now we got some public safety updates, so Kelsey, why don't you tell us what's going on? Donald Whalen, a Bloomington man who was convicted of killing his father in 1991, is heading back to prison. He's released from custody on the uh, murder charges in 2019 when a McLean County judge granted his motion for a new trial, but when prosecutors appealed to the fourth appellate court, the appellate determined an incorrect standard had been used to grant the retrial. Before his retirement in December, Judge Scott Drzeski officially reversed his ruling based on this guidance from the appellate, remanding Whalen back to the, the Department of Corrections. However, until this week, Whalen had four cases still pending in McLean County. Uh, those were wrapped up Wednesday when he pleaded guilty to one count of escape, a charge that came about when he violated the terms of his home confinement last summer. The state dropped several other charges in this plea agreement. So for all the details about his new sentence and how long Whalen is expected to serve, be sure to find my story on Panograph.com. In Lincoln, a woman was arrested and charged with killing her husband this week. Uh, police said Kathleen Yates called and reported a shooting Tuesday morning. When officers and emergency responders arrived, they found her husband, John Yates, with a gunshot wound to the chest. 
Lincoln Police Chief Paul Adams said he died of his injuries. Yates is charged with three counts of murder in the shooting and is being held on a $1 million bond. To read more and keep up with this story as it develops, go to panagraph.com or heraldhappenreview.com to find my report. Okay, on a, a lighter note, let's move into some community news. Sierra, what's up first? As Illinois moves into phase 1B of the state's coronavirus vaccine distribution plan, Panagraph reporter Lindsay Jones says that there are some eligible people that fell under the first phase who are still waiting their turn. This week, Jones took a deep dive look at the vaccination plan and who is still waiting to receive their vaccines. While Illinois Department of Public Health officials said nursing home residents were prioritized first, Jones wrote that some residents of assisted living facilities are still waiting to receive the vaccine. Uh, There's a lot to this vaccination distribution plan and who is eligible to receive it. So if you want to read more about either of those um, items and take a look about uh, how this distribution plan has gone, head on over to thepanagraph.com and read Jones's story. Local baseball fanatics might find this story from Panagraph reporter Kate Heather interesting. This week, Heather wrote about two former Bloomington Cub teammates who appeared on the Panagraph front page in 1931. The story has less to do with baseball and more to do with coincidences, genealogy, and history. Apparently, Mike Frawley, an avid studier of genealogy living near Indianapolis, recently came across a photo of the players, um, one of whom is the great uncle of his wife. This is a rather sweet story, and I don't really want to ruin much of it for you, so uh, if you want to read more, go on over to Panagraph.com. There is some more exciting news coming out of Rivian this week. On Monday, the electrical vehicle company announced it has raised $2.65 billion in its first round of 2021 investments. Rivian has raised $8 billion in the last two years alone. Uh, This announcement comes as the company is just picking up steam and preparing for the delivery of its first orders of the R1T pickup and the R1S, which is an SUV. This round of funding includes investments from Fidelity Management and Research Company, Amazon's Climate Pledge Fund, Coach U and D1 Capital Partners, with funds and accounts advised by T. Rowe Price Associates. Check out my report at panagraph.com to read more about all the money going into Rivian in normal uh, lately. I'm actually really excited to see what Rivian does with like their their electric vehicles. I think I think I'm not like an an electric vehicle fanboy by any means but i do i do appreciate electric vehicles and i think one day like i would want like an electric vehicle just for i mean environmental sake i think i and i know this because i talked with a tech analyst of the last time because you know i covered the the rivian beat um quite um quite a lot but from what i've seen is that Rivian is pretty much going to be the first or one of the first um, electrical vehicle companies to come out with an electric vehicle pickup truck. And I really like the design of the R1T. I think I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I like I like the design. I think it looks kind of nice. And I think they have like some really cool gadgets that they've put on it. Like there's um, a kitchen seat attached a kitchen sink attachment that you can purchase now whether or not i'd ever be able to afford (laughs) one of these vehicles is um questionable but i just i don't know i think it's really cool and i think um 
Rivian has done a lot for this community and I'm just really excited to see where they go. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to be able to get into the facility and I'm hoping to, to get in there sometime in the spring if everything um, goes according to plan. Um, that'll also be dependent on, you know, like coronavirus and co mitigation efforts but you know i'm hoping to get in there and see get a first-hand look myself because i would like to see all the all the development that they've done out there yeah i mean i don't cover rivian usually i was just kind of subbing in this week um but i would also like to go out there probably less likely that i ever will but um generally yeah i i'm excited about what rivian's doing and their truck looks way cooler than other electric vehicle truck prototypes that I've seen um not to name any names but um yeah I mean I learned how to drive in a Prius so I am very down for uh environmental vehicles don't clown me for driving a Prius oh, I have a funny story about a Prius <laughs> so that's going to do it for us today folks thank you so much for tuning in as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, while you're at it, head on over to panograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to check out our subscription information and consider hashtag support local journalism.